and welcome back to the Infinite Rabbit Hole. I'm Jeremy, I'm your host, and today I have a really special guest. Not only is he a special guest, but he is going to cover a topic that is very near and dear to my heart, and that is Bigfoot, and he's an author. And yes, if you're listening to this episode on the day that it is released, I have found a way to get an author who covers Bigfoot <laughs> to release an episode on my birthday, January 14th. Yes, <laughs> I have Jake and Jeff here with me today, and they had no idea I was doing that, and I personally did that. I had to do it, guys. I just had to. Do you blame me? No. No, and happy birthday. <laughs> well, thank you. What are you, like, 60 now? Don't worry about that. All right. Classified. Classi classified information, redacted, mm -hmm. and all the other government black highlighter stuff. Anyways, let's get into it. Guys, do you have anything to put out before we jump into our special guest for the day? I do. It is dumping rain outside, and anywhere else that wouldn't be a big deal. I live in Southern California where it never rains. So if, if I lose power, which it's kind of been flickering on and off, if I lose power, then uh, you guys are just going to have to deal with me cutting out middle of the episode or whenever that is. <laughs> Yep, and if he leaves, then he leaves, and he doesn't love anybody, any travelers of the Infinite Rabbit That's Hole. Right. Just and know I'm never that he coming hates back. You. Yep. Yeah, yeah, he's he's <laughs> done before, it. guys. Anyways, uh, Jeff, do you have anything to put out real quick? No, I'm just munching on some Christmas candy. I'm ready to go. Oh wow, real <laughs> asshole. He's gonna eat <laughs> while we're recording. All right, uh, really quick, some updated information for you guys. We have now created a. Facebook group, not just the Facebook page, but the group is there so that we can be more interactive with our fan base. Please, if you are a fan of the Facebook page or if you just want to you know, be able to chat with us and check out all the cool articles that we post and links that are going to link you directly to our guest for tonight, as well as going over to infiniterabbithole.com where you can go to his guest page. We have a page for all of our guests there. Down at the bottom, there's a link that says guest. Click on it. Look for our, our guest for tonight, and it's going to have all of his socials and all of his links that you're going to be able to follow him on as well, as well as the links for the book that he has out, one that we're talking about today and the second one that we're going to talk about in a, in a later episode. So we will have him back on. You can count on that. So before we get into it, let me introduce him. Our guest is a Sasquatch researcher for the BFRO, the Bigfoot Researchers Organization, and author of three books on the subject. He has consulted for two episodes of Finding Bigfoot on the Animal Planet Television Network, at least 70 published reports on the BFRO website, held a town hall meeting in Independence, Missouri, led four public and many, many more private expeditions looking for Sasquatch, and has in interviewed over 200 witnesses. I'm very excited to introduce the author of Sasquatch Down the Rabbit Hole of Strangeness, published by our friends at Beyond the Fray Publishing. Without further ado, let me introduce you all to Carter Bushart. Carter, welcome to the Infinite Rabbit Hole. Where, where's all the applause? I thought there was all the big applause. Yeah. <laughs> I'll put in an applause reel right there. <laughs> I'm, feeling, I'm feeling very insecure. <laughs> How's it going, guys? <laughs> uh, everything's going good. It's much better now. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, just a little update. Uh, oh, you, you may have got an old bio that uh, maybe I sent it, but I've done about, I've had almost 100 reports published to BFRO uh, as of today. And I've probably spoken to 
350 to 400 witnesses. Uh, that's including probably 250 or three just through the BFRO. And then through these books, I've had another 100 people contacting me with just all kinds of bizarre stuff. You know, so uh, and, uh, I started out uh, really wanting to be, and I still do want to be a witness advocate because a lot of these people that are telling me these quantum, paranormal, abstract, conceptual skill sets are ridiculed and, and scorned by a lot of investigators because when they hear that, their mind is made up, they're dumb ape only, they can't do that, that doesn't happen, and they're just dismissed. So I, I got into this uh, massively interviewing people and churning out reports because it was just blowing me away. And then uh, after a lot of these reports, these people would say, well, I just saw a Sasquatch cross the road, stopped and looked at me, then kept walking. And, you know, half the reports are those. But at the end right. of some of these reports, they would say, I'm going to tell you something you may not believe. And I'm going you just told me you saw a creature that doesn't exist, walk across the road, stop looking at you and kept walking. And you're going to tell me <laughs> something I'm not going to believe. Bring it, please, you know, tell me some stuff. And there, <clears throat> you know, it's, it's the, the mind speak and the cloaking and the, the structures and the language, the gibberish, the chatter, the Chinaman chatter. I mean, just it, it, people just started regurgitating this stuff after I started. I, I did about 40 podcasts last year. And so uh, these people were listening to me. And they were getting my contact info. They were calling and emailing. And, and so 16 of those people uh, called me. I think 10 of them ended up in my second book. Uh, and it's all, I'd probably say 65, 75% of it is has quantum aspects to it stuff you're going to shake your head and go ah, no you know, uh, there's no way that happened there's no way that can happen so mm -hmm. but i i'm just taking my you know my author career and putting it on the line and i'm just i'm just going to put this stuff out there and if people are going to like it and want to buy the books great i want to sell books but I really i'm just trying to spread the word because there's people that are having these quantum paranormal type things happen yeah from mundane to very bizarre and it's just not getting out there because nobody will talk to them or they'll talk to them but they won't they won't uh, put it in the reports yeah a, a lot of people when they think of like the, the strangeness that goes on in the world they think of the big three the cryptids the ufos the aliens and the paranormal or the the, ghosts. the paranormal the ghosts yeah. spirits yeah. and stuff but what a lot of people don't understand is that there are a lot of situations that people have come forward with where where one where two or all three of these major subjects in the strange world are tied together are mm -hmm. actually uh, yeah. overlapping each other in an event that that just blows people's minds. And, yeah. you know, just like people coming forward, like myself, I, I witnessed a Bigfoot when I was younger. I, it took me a very long time to come forward. And my first couple experiences with coming forward were awful, absolutely horrible. And I was young, young person. So I, I never really came forward with it again until creating this podcast and talking with Jake. Mm -hmm. And so, it, you know, it's, it's all about the, the platform that you talk on and the pe the people who are listening. So there's going to be a lot of people listening to this that come to our episodes for some of the other stuff, some of the the metaphysics that we talk about or some yeah. of the other really yeah. strange things like time travel and mm -hmm. all the other weird stuff that we've di dived into that, you know, they're going to say, 
oh, there's a there's a spirit or a ghost side to Bigfoot, and there's an alien slash UFO side to Bigfoot. Mm-hmm. Yes, there is. Oh, yeah. And that is why we have Carter here because <laughs> Carter yeah. is uh, is going to introduce us all to that world via his his new book. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm gonna set the stage here for why you don't believe or anybody doesn't believe that Sasquatch exists, UFOs exist. It's real simple. And if you just do the math and think about it, it makes perfect sense. We are conditioned from the time we exit the birth canal to think a certain way because we are taught that certain things are this way and certain things are not this way. And so uh, if you take the teacher who taught 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 you, uh, you go back eight generations, 25 years of pop, you're at 200 years. So we're back in the uh, 1820s, you know. Mm-hmm. So that is 200 years of disinformation before the UFO or cryptid subject even really was broached. But if you're taught that there are no UFOs because our education system, religious scholars, uh, your parents, because they were taught a certain way. When you see or hear that stuff, you just automatically tune it out. Well, that can't be because they say that doesn't exist. But, you know, UFOs didn't exist. They say that they ridicule people for 80, 100 years. The UFOs don't exist. There's no such thing as swamp gas. Uh, you're looking at the reflection of the earth lights off the bellies of ducks as they fly overhead. A kind of crap. <laughs> you know, those, are, those are real excuses. Uh, and you're told that stuff doesn't exist. Oh, but wait, the government has been lying to us. They just admit they've been lying to us for 80 years. So mm-hmm. the whole thing is we're indoctrinated from the time you're born uh, with the educational process. Now I'm talking about everything about science, you know, philosophy, uh, all that stuff. You're you're told how the world is. And only if you have an open mind and inquiring mind and you start going, well, that doesn't make sense. Otherwise, you just go about your business. You don't really care about this other stuff. Well, if there's UFOs, that's great. But, you know, some of us really care about that because we're being lied to. And there's a reason we're being lied to. You know, the Sasquatch don't exist. Well, I can guarantee you they exist and they will finally admit it. There's, they're not just a d- another dumb ape in the woods because if they were, what's the big secret? They're discovering new insects, apes, gorillas, you know, fish. Mm-hmm. Every week, mm-hmm. you're you're seeing something somewhere, National Geographic Channel, or somebody says, "Oh, scientists discovered this. They discovered a cranium. They discovered a new fish that lives on the bottom of the ocean, two miles down. That it, it looks like a you know a Ferris wheel. All kind of weird <laughs> stuff. So yeah. why is the it's big secret too. about? Yeah. yeah, why? What's the big secret about Sasquatch? They do exist. I'll just say they do exist. I've seen them. I've dealt with them. And many, many people that have seen them or experienced them will tell you the same thing. So that being said, let's just take that as, as a given for the mm-hmm. purpose of this conversation. But it's just a dumb ape. So what's the big deal? What is it that they're hiding? What is it that they can do that we are not supposed to know about? Are they an alien uh gorilla hybrid of some type have their dna or our dna been altered to create the creature we now know as sasquatch i mean what's the big secret if it was just another species to throw in the mix uh then why keep it such a big secret 
and it's going to be admitted to someone's going to, you know, the, the technology we have in the, in the DNA testing and stuff like that, we're going to catch up to them. They're going to have to admit to something. They're going to, they're going to kind of bullshit us like they have with the UFO thing and say, well, we don't build them. We know we can't build them. We don't have that technology, but we really can't say who they are, who built them. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll get back to you. And you'll be stuck with that answer for the next year. And, but it's going to be the same thing with Sasquatch. Too. They just can't BS forever. You know, there's something going on. There's people. Con- I got three people this week called me wanting to talk about their events. There's something going on, and they don't want you to know. And it must be worth hiding. It must be some really good stuff. You know, because there's no reason to keep it a secret if it's just another gorilla. You know, I I agree with what you're saying, and people might actually think it's a little bit abstract for me. I'm a Bible-believing Christian, Mm -hmm. but I can't help but I have plenty of Bigfoot groups I follow on Facebook. I have never had my own physical experience like Jeremy has, but recently, what, like five, four months ago, Jeremy, I went camping. Something like that, yeah. And yeah, the wood knocks, the screams, like all that stuff. It was crazy. Everyone in the campsite heard it. It was like eight people. And we we're all talking about the next day. I found a footprint, you know, that went right through our, uh, or you know, a footprint that was behind my tent. <laughs> like yeah. it was just like it was all all right there. And but I can't help but notice whenever these people in these groups and stuff, and they talk about like the idea that Bigfoot or Sasquatch could be like have a connection to the Nephilim in the Bible, you know, right? the hybrids between humans and, 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 uh, demons or, or that it's in the realm of the demonic or that it's some sort of, uh, government sort of thing or whatever. And you only can hear so much of these things. If you have a rational mind and you're open to just, you know, learning new things instead of just your own, the thing that you've been programmed to think, which I agree with you. And then you just stick with that same pattern. You're like, Nope, everything else is complete crap. It's just this. Um, if you're not that person, you're willing to open up your your mind and, and consider the abstract, mm-hmm. you can only see so much of these things and these reports and these, you know, comparisons before you start to kind of see the, I guess, rationality behind it. Mm-hmm. And like what you're saying, yeah, it's just like 80 years of, you know, UFO type stuff. And I'm a pretty firm believer in that there is no aliens that you know people think out there maybe some like weird looking cows or something like that but that all this stuff is probably government technology whether it's our government someone else's government but Mm -hmm. even still 80 years of you know a ufo sightings and then finally they say oh well you got us here's the evidence and yeah we we know about these things and it's like yeah why didn't you just say that in the beginning so i agree with you that there is going to be some sort of reveal that happens at some point you know that it's going to be some FBI cover up. It's going to have something to do with the missing 411 type stuff. Why all these people are disappearing. Something's going to happen where mm-hmm. we're going to catch them with their pants down and they're going to be like, "All right, you got us." Yeah. You know, so but I I agree with what you're saying and I I really like how you kind of dive into that a little bit in this book because I really didn't expect it. And at the same time kind of getting into it, I'm just like, you know, I I was like, I, I don't know about how like deep into the woo this book is going to go, but a lot of the points you made, I really latched onto, and I'm like, I really like this because <laughs> I yeah. agree. You know? It's just, it's, it's, and it's my, my Brussels sprouts thing. It's my Brussels sprouts <laughs> theory. You know, just because you consider it doesn't mean you believe it. 
True. But you yeah. should at least consider it. It's just like Brussels sprouts. I'm not sure I dig this stuff. Let me tell oh God, I hate them. But I'm at my host. I'll, I'll spread them around the plate. I'll play with my food a little bit. I'll make it look like I'm eating them, but I really won't. You know, uh, then I'll take my plate away. And thank you very much. Well, it's the same with, you know, paranormal quantum type stuff or Bigfoot, mm-hmm. period. You know, you don't have just to consider it doesn't mean anything. Nobody even has to know. You can get one of these books or do your own research, you know, and nobody has to know. But you're you're secretly, you know, a closet flesh and blood guy only. But you're like, boy, flesh and blood doesn't really explain so much more of what we're hearing. So sure, let's open yeah. my mind a little bit, and you start going into the paranormal stuff and the mind speak and the uh, the cloaking, the disappearing, where they walk through a tree and don't come out the other side, I mean, all the kind of stuff that, that is reported routinely. And you start going, there's something here, you know. But I'm not mm-hmm. about to, you know, embarrass myself in front of the next cocktail party and say I, I believe in Sasquatch. So I, I, I'll just poo-poo <laughs> everything to keep my cool and keep my reputation, you know. So, uh, but that's just it. If you have any kind of intellect at all, and just an open mind, just read some of the stuff that's in, in these books, my books, and others. But I mean, but anywhere, and you're if you pay attention and start taking some notes, you're gonna see there's a pattern. There's there's something going on with these mm-hmm. people that are being enlightened, you know. And uh, you know, I've seen one disappear. Right in front of my eyes on my thermal camera, it just poof, it turned into a puff of smoke. It looked like actually it it went from a, a solid heat signature walking across a trail. I don't think it saw us. It, we were waiting for somebody else who we thought this Sasquatch was and came around the corner. It wasn't the persons or the people we thought it was. It was a Sasquatch. And it, mm-hmm. it, it just, it turned itself off. That That heat signature just exploded and it looked like a smoke, it looked like, Somebody had blown a smoke ring of the outline of a Sasquatch, and then it just dissipated into the night. And when I saw that, I went, "Okay, I'm moving over to <laughs> I'm moving over to a different different team here because this dumb ape in the woods thing ain't cutting it anymore." Because I just saw this, you know, and that turned out ended up being one of my serious research areas where I took my wife and we had our infrasound experience, uh, but. Once you see that, mm-hmm. that, you're not hallucinating, you're not on drugs, you're not smoking dope, uh, you're not a you know schizophrenic or paranoid schizophrenic or anything right. like that, no pietist. You cannot see something that is not there unless you're taking drugs or suffering from PTSD or in a bad version of that. Unless you're otherwise you're a, a you know a schizophrenic or paranoid schizophrenic because they can actually see things that aren't there. So if you're none of those people and you see this stuff. Uh, game on. Uh, try to try to explain it. Try to explain it to yourself. Look at yourself in the mirror and go, "Hey, self, I just saw this <laughs> last night. How am I going to explain that to myself? Because I've been told by my 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 religious scholars, my teachers, uh, the politicians, the government, and science that this shit doesn't exist." Excuse my French. Sure. Uh, and so, well, how am I going to explain that to myself? And I can't. So there we are. Here's our conundrum. I want to say before we go too deep into this, I'm not necessarily full transparency here. Everybody who listens to the show knows I'm not necessarily the the cryptid guy on the show. Um, you know, I'm not a big I'm not big into Bigfoot or any of these things. I'm more of the conspiracy theorist. So I'm actually really interested to get into a lot of this stuff uh, because you're talking about some of the things that really do interest me, like 
you know, the, the quantum realms and the woo and all these other things. And also obviously mm-hmm. the brainwashing. Yeah. The generational indoctrination, like I'm big on that being a, a serious issue. So uh, I'm excited for you to help bridge me into this Bigfoot realm. As far as these two guys are kind of with that aspect of all this. Well, in, in the book, in, in the title, uh, the, uh, the chapter denial I go into that in great detail, and it's all conspiratorial stuff, which I probably believe a good chunk of it. You know, the science, uh, they work for the government. You want your government grants, uh, you tow the company line. You say this exists, you say this doesn't exist, you say this happens, this can't happen mm-hmm. uh, if you want your funding. So mm-hmm. that's a game that politics plays, and that's why. Science denies these creatures to their last breath because they want that tenure. They want those. They want those programs from the government and, and the funding. And if they start talking about stuff before they get permission, that funding's gone away. And social media, uh, the news media, they're all in the game together. You know, and that's why uh, you know we are told what exists and what doesn't. You know, the social media is even controlled. I think there's a, a governmental disinformation faction in there somehow. I was discussing this with somebody the other night. But well, that just came out short, on the news two weeks ago. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but long story short, uh, they're all scratching each, other, each other's backs to tell the company line because it's all about money. You know, the lobbyists for the lumber companies and the forest companies, uh, they are uh, keeping people out of the forest in certain areas. Uh, uh, they are getting legislation to deny these Sasquatch. Uh, I don't know if the missing 411 has anything to do with the, the National Force, but I guarantee you there's something weird going on there. And that's a whole other conspiracy theory. Mm-hmm. So, but I covered that in the book because it is how we are all brainwashed subtly and overtly daily and weekly and monthly and yearly, you know, uh, by the government and the media in science, everybody working together to keep a lid on this stuff, you know, and if you can't follow that, you just follow the money, you know, find out who the biggest contributors are to uh, some of these uh, programs, you know, uh, mm-hmm. the broadcasters and the forestry companies and the paper companies, they have a lot to lose if a Sasquatch is discovered to be in the forest, they're going to have to shut down lumber and paper production until they figure this stuff out. They just don't want that. That's true. Follow the money, you know, it, but the Sasquatch, paranormal, any of that kind of stuff, you know, uh, there's far more going on, you know, and uh, uh, some of these people are telling me stuff uh, that, you know, you can't not believe them. You know, they're so sincere. They don't want any publicity. They don't want their name in lives. They don't want their name in the book, location. They just want to tell their story. And everybody's stories that are in my books, they're all, uh, you know, uh, change the identity, change the location, uh, the person or where they live and where it's at doesn't really matter. It's the van. So, but I take that out. So they're totally protected. They can talk freely and, you know, their name is Bob and Mary. You know, I've got one of the couples in my book is uh, Earl and Darlene. You know, they're Georgia. They look up, live in the sticks in Georgia. So their names are not Earl and Darlene, but that's the names they picked because they thought that was pretty gooberish. I thought it was kind of funny. <laughs> you know, they picked the names themselves, you know. But uh, they had fun with it. So, but uh, 
wherever you want to go, I, I could I could tell you all kinds of stories. I could, you know, just let's uh let's dive into the very beginning of the book, right? So uh let's talk about the forward for a minute. My absolute favorite line from your forward was I may not know what I saw, but I know what I didn't see. Yeah. And after reading your forward, I realized that I was going to really appreciate what you were going to have to say through that, throughout this book. You came straight out. You laid down exactly what to expect out of you as a person and researcher of not just Sasquatch, but all things unknown. You explained how you don't know how everything works in this world. And when someone tells you that they saw something, even if it may seem far-fetched to others, you listened and took what they said for the value that they held it for. The reason why I like this so much is because I have been met with a lot of pushback and strange looks when I would tell my own story to someone. Mm-hmm. Hell, I created this podcast so that I can dive into the world that most won't accept and, and be surrounded by those that are curious or have similar experiences. Mm-hmm. And lastly, uh, for the forward section of your book, and I think the travelers of the infinite rabbit hole will appreciate this, you took the time to explain that the world we live in is one that has been created for us. If we only listen to what has been told to us, we will never know and have an opportunity to learn and understand the real world. Yep. Great words, Carter. Oh, thank that you. Just wanted to touch on your forward because it's often a, a very overlooked portion of a book, but your forward was so strong that I, I really wanted to bring some attention to that. Well, thanks. I was trying to set, set the stage, you know, and it, it lubricates you in a different way, you know, and uh, because there is concepts here. You're just simply going to automatically reject because you've been taught to not, you may not believe it personally, but why do you not believe it personally? Because you've been taught not to believe that stuff. So I'm just trying to, you know, lubricate you up a little bit and let you see that, you know, know, there's things out there. There's nothing wrong to think about them and talk about them. And, and, you know, if you've experienced them, you will find someone to talk to who will not, you know, throw it back at you and laugh at you. There's people out there who want to listen to if I'm one of those, my my experience uh, with uh, you know infrasound is uh, intriguing uh, because uh, you know uh, I took you know I took my wife out to a research area and we were talking about this before the show started you know and, and she's always she's very supportive but she was always been kind of like you know well, I believe you believe honey you know kind of patronizing <laughs> kind of stuff you know. In a friendly kind of way. I said, well, tell you what, I want to take you out and, and tell you, because I come back and tell her all my stuff, and she sees the stuff, and, you know, the pictures of footprints and handprints and stuff. She sees all the stuff on my desk, and she's going, well, you know, there's probably some pretty pretty cool stuff here, I got to admit, you know. But anyhow, so I took her to my research area, and uh, and this is where I saw the uh, Sasquatch disappear when I was leading that expedition. It's where the weather vanished on my thermal camera. So... Uh, it's a real rugged little area. It's in the South Missouri. And uh, I've had, that is one of my main research areas. And I would say 90% of the time when I go out there, I see or hear something that is Sasquatch related. So I took her out there. And if anybody knows what infrasound is, this is a, a audio uh, a sounds and ranges that are above and below the human range of hearing. But Sasquatch used them, whales, dolphins, tigers, lions, uh, elephants, uh, many, many creatures use infrasound to communicate and in some instances perhaps hunt and stun prey uh, by disabling them. Because when you are, your body is exposed to uh, <clears throat> these sounds, these infrasound uh, levels, 
that are above and below the range of hearing, it can distort your vision. It can cause cramping. It can cause you to possibly see things, uh, be, become fearful, uh, and you become disoriented. This is how Sasquatch are, are uh, alleged to uh, take down deer, just run up behind them, and they're they're totally disoriented by, by the in, infrasound uh, sound running all around them. You see deer running around with their heads cut off. They don't know what, where to go. They don't know where to run. And Sasquatch run up behind them, uh, you know, grab them by the back legs, break the legs, disable them, and tear them open, and it's all over. Uh, so anyhow, so infrasound could be in. Look it up. Look up infrasound. It's in the book, and I explain it pretty well, but you can look it up, infrasound, what it's used for. So anyway, took my wife to this area. I told her I'm going to show you. And, of course, when you say that, nothing ever happens. You know how embarrassing that is. I'll show you. And, of course, nothing happens. Yeah, right, honey. Anyway, we're there, and as soon as she gets to this area, she's creeped out. She's already freaking out, and she's a Nebraska farm girl. She's not like a wimp. You know, she'll pop the head off a chicken and pop a squat. She has no, she's, she's a, a camping girl. She's not, scared, you know, a city girl and scared of, you know, leaves and bugs and stuff. So she starts getting creeped out right away. She's, and, there, and I felt what she was feeling. You know, it's that feeling that somebody's there. There's a presence. Somebody's looking at you, watching you. You know, there's that sensation. I'm used to it. I mean, when I go to this area, I expect it. And when it happens, I'm not I'm going, well, they're here. They're around somewhere. So we're walking down this ravine where I had to go was about 75 to 100 yards down this ravine. And we parked at this metal gate. You can't drive down this ravine no way, shape or form. I parked my car there. I backed it in and we're walking down. And, uh, and where I was going to take her was at the bottom of this ravine. And you take a little right. That's where I saw that Sasquatch disappear when I led this expedition like three years before. I took her here in 2017. Anyway, we're walking down there. She's getting the heebie-jeebies. She's freaking out. Now, I want to go. I want to go. We get just go back to the camp. I believe you. I believe you. said, no, 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 no. I want to go. I want to go. I want to show you something. I want to show you this area. You really feel something here. And so she was a trooper, and she went down, but she started getting worse and worse and worse. And I was going, look, look, look. The car is just right up here. So don't worry about it. I shine my light up where the car was. And it was not there. I went, where's the car? She goes, it's right there. I said, no. The car's not here. I'm going to shine the light right up. There's no car there. It's gone. And so for whatever reason, I shined the light down to where I was going, which is the bottom of this very rocky ravine. And there's my taillights. I said, how did, how did our car get down there? I'm shining the light, and she's looking down there, and I'm seeing my taillights, and she's going, there's no car there. What are you talking about? Yeah, a car. How did it get down there? I didn't park there. I, and I shined it back up to where I did park. I said, look, it's gone. And she looked up there, and she goes, you're out of your mind. That's where the car is. I said, no, it's gone. It's down here at the bottom. I did that two or three times. And then the third time I shined it back up and it was where I parked it in the first place. So I am being made to see, and I, I was aware of, I'm probably getting zapped and I just don't know it. I think I'm getting zapped and I, I, I kind of knew it, but I was still, my, Cognitive self was like, no, 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 no. This can't be. My car can't. It's not up there. It's down there. How did it get down there? What's going on? You know. It, it, so it was. A, I was a caricature of myself. I was like being victimized by the people I came to see. You know. And so after two or three times, I shined the light back up where the car should be, and there it was. I shined the light back down at the bottom where it couldn't have possibly been, and it was gone. See, I told you. I said no. It would anyway. That. 
told me everything I needed to know about infrasound. And it told her that I'm not, I'm not farting around when I tell you I'm, I'm seeing and experiencing some of these things because she's, she was there and she was getting up the creepy vibe. She got that and she was amped up and she was ready to get the heck out of it. So that is my best example of infrasound and having a personal uh, relationship with it. My, my point with that was, is that infrasound affects different people in different ways. Now we were both within five or 10 feet of each other at all times. So they singled me out so that she wasn't hit also, or maybe she was getting hit, but with a different frequency because I was seeing something that wasn't where it was supposed to be. It existed, but I was seeing it where it shouldn't have been. My wife was watching me freaking out and she already had the high alert, you know, that, you know, hair standing up on the back of your neck, somebody's here, somebody's watching you, a feeling of being watched that such a very famous description. So but we both got hit and they singled me out for a hallucination and they let her probably just freak out watching me freaking out. It gave me clarity because I said, damn, that is some talent. They singled me out. They culled the herd. You know, they, there was two of us, and they they had me, who knew better. But at the moment it was happening, I I couldn't do anything about it. I said, "That's impossible. That can't be." But there it was, and I I saw it clear as a bell. And then when I'm looking at it and I'm seeing it and I'm shining my light, look, look, honey, look, look. There it is, right there. It's not there. What are you talking about? That that spoke volumes, and it still does. That, to me, that's one of my best examples of you know being manipulated mentally to see something. And uh, Ron Moorhead, you know, you're familiar with Ron Moorhead, uh, in his book uh, you know, Sierra Sounds, uh, when they were trapped uh, uh, in their lean-to, and they wanted to get go outside. They just didn't know what was in store for them because they heard these these creatures come up. We were talking. They were chattering. This is one of the first times they recorded all their chatter. And then they started, you know, grunting and gruffing and and huffing and puffing and slamming trees and stuff. So they went and got in their uh, little hut that they built. Uh, it was kind of a lean to, and they were safe in there. And all of a sudden, they heard their camp being destroyed. This is a camp they went to. It took it was eight miles up the mountain on switchbacks. It took you forever to get up there. And but they had garbage cans chained to trees and they kept supplies there for years. They had mm-hmm. firewood and food and matches and uh, fuel if they needed it and other things they needed. And nobody ever found that campsite. So they had it all locked up. Anyhow, they were hearing all their dishware, all their garbage cans, stuff being ripped off the trees and thrown down the mountain. And their horses let go, and they're running off in the distance, and they're going, oh, God, how are we going to get out of here? So it got quiet, and they finally went outside, shined the lights. Nothing had happened. But they all, three guys, heard their camp being destroyed. That's why you ought to get that book, uh, Quantum Bigfoot. He goes into great detail. But they all were made to hear something that did not happen. I'm sorry if you said it already, but did this happen at the Sierra camp? Yeah. 
Yeah, that's crazy. I, I've heard so many stories about this. And of course, you know, you, you see Ron Moorhead tell his story on a lot of documentaries. He's uh-huh. a very, very popular name. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's also the uh, the the recorder of the Sierra Sounds, yeah. which actually uh, Jake and I were just talking about today. He actually looked it up for the first time and he was able to hear the Sierra Sounds for the first time uh, due to your book. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was sounded like, just like what I heard in Dinky Creek is crazy. <laughs> I was just like, <laughs> all right, cool. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yeah, that's that's really cool. We'll we'll have to do like a deep dive into the the Sierra camp because that place alone, you know, with and without Ron Moorhead, there's a lot of really cool stuff that happens there. Yeah. But that is a another and it's almost an identical example. They were made to hear something. They were all three hearing it. And they were all lamenting having to go out there and clean this up at 11 o'clock at night and try to run their horses down the Dino Mountain and find them in, in the dark. You know, they were just like, oh, my God, I can't believe this happened. And nothing had happened. Yet they all heard it. It was loud and it was real. They heard it like it was right outside the, the shelter. And it was. And then when they went out there, nothing had happened. So here goes a question for you. Yeah. What do you think the purpose of that is? If they're making all this noise, obviously they're they're creating a noise with infrasound that you're familiar with, right? Mm-hmm. They have to be doing it for a reason. Are they doing it to just mimic noise that they hear often? They're trying to, you know, communicate in a form of mimicry, or do you think that they're actually being territorial and saying like, hey, we're causing this huge ruckus. You need to you need to get the fuck out of here. Hey, everybody, bear with us while we take this quick break. Well, I think it's more that they're showing you who's boss. See mm. what we can do. They had just started experiencing these creatures. They heard this chatter, this language that they had recorded. They'd heard this and they're going, oh, my God, who is it? What are they doing? I, I think it's it must be a Sasquatch. Let's. Let's, let's mimic them and let's talk to them. And they, and they started going back and forth on those tapes. If you listen to those tapes, you know, Ron and a couple of his guys were mimicking them. They were mimicking yeah, the sound yeah. and going back and forth with them. So I think at it, it, some point they were showing them who's boss because there was no, it, it could have been intimidation and fear uh, again, because you're in our territory. And uh, when I experienced it with my wife, I was in their territory, and it was the same thing. I think it was a show of power. This is what we can do. It wasn't like a threat. I, I didn't take mine as a threat. I, I, I took it as somebody's just showing off, and <laughs> you did a darn good job of it, you know, and Ron and them. So, but they were manipulated. So they're just showing you that they're maybe not – intentionally but they're showing you that there's more to them than just some dumb ignorant ape in the woods there's more to them and it had the same effect on me i I was being controlled and i had no control over it i couldn't do anything to stop it until they decided to stop it and it's the same with ron and them they were having this incredible explosion of their camp being destroyed and when it finally stopped it when i said nothing had happened See, see what we can do. Something you said there just kind of clicked for me because I did hear that in the audio. You know, you can hear 
what's the tree knocks and you can hear the wailing out outside and then you can hear people you know imitating the sounds mm -hmm. and so when you're saying that when you're saying like trying to show dominance or trying to uh you know be more present i, I don't know it, it kind of clicked for me that when we have no idea what the tree knocks mean or you know and you kind of go into it in your book what the symbols might mean as far as like uh the uh the the limb structures you know the the teepees you know all that sort of stuff mm -hmm. and how the native americans had their symbolism and what this could you know represent but when it comes to sounds and stuff me and jeremy talked about this you know every single animal in the animal kingdom with the exception of maybe like mollusks have some sort of verbal or um visual communication that they mm -hmm. can understand what they're saying. If we have no idea what that is, say, for example, all the tree knocks, all the, the wailing and the screams, the howls and all that stuff, say it was the alpha male saying, however they represent themselves and distinguish amongst each other in the group, hey, I'm the alpha, I'm trying to contact this person over here. And then you have, you know, one of these team members that are screaming out, no, I'm the alpha and I'm over here. And they're just like, wait a second, you know, no, this, this is who I am. I'm going to, you know, put on this elaborate display mm -hmm. to prove myself. You know, maybe I'm being challenged right now because maybe there's, they're trying, they're just seeing, Hey, let's, let's do the same call and see if they'll, they'll call back. And it's like, well, what are you saying to them right now? What are they saying to each other? And you're imitating something in there. What was that conversation? Yeah, you now it's going to happen because you're you're challenging that maybe, yeah, right? You may have just insulted them by mimicking, right? Yeah, you know, mm -hmm. they may have been saying, "But let's kick these little humans' ass." And <laughs> yeah. you turn around and you turn around and say the same thing to them uh, because you just go, "She dava ba kaba dava." Well, yeah. I'm going to say that back. Shiva kaba dava dava. And then a rock comes flying and misses your head by a quarter of an inch. Yeah, that 200-pound you know? log you took that picture of that's just kind of suspended yeah. right there on those saplings <laughs> comes launching yeah. out and flattens the tent and kills everybody inside of it. Yeah. So you, so you do yeah. have – when you're in those situations, you do – and many people don't, but you do have to take into consideration when you start talking gibberish back to them of what you're saying because you don't know right. what you're saying. And if you think you're mimicking – them and you get just a couple of syllables off well you may have just threatened to nuke their family so right you just have to you know uh, and i've been foolish enough to repeat the chinaman chatter when i was leading that expedition in uh, illinois uh to try to get a rise out of them because i wanted them and they did react by you could feel that they were rushing to the edge of this ravine and looking down at us you could just Feel it. We couldn't see them. I didn't get any heat signatures, but you could sense their presence. It was just the weirdest thing because I've never been in a situation where they were just there and they let us know they were there, but they did not interact in any way. They didn't return a knock. Uh, you know, they were just throwing sticks and twigs at us as we walked down this ravine. Mm -hmm. So, uh, you know, but you never know what you're saying. And I, I said it just to get a rise out of them and it, it worked, you know, mm -hmm. yeah, most everybody wanted to go home after that. <laughs> but, you know, but but again, you just don't know what they're saying, you know, and and so uh, you just have to be cautious. And the knocks are the same thing. That's a whole other show. Oh my God, I could talk all night on just knocks and counting. They know how to count. They can count us. I've been counted many times. You know. Uh, yeah, I was I was reading that in your book. It was very interesting. I was just like, huh. 
It's pretty interesting. Uh, in, in the first book, uh, the one you have, it's Down the Rabbit Hole. My book yeah. is, uh, it's also the Down the Rabbit Hole to clear up confusion is my first book that I wrote self-published myself before I picked up the book deal with Beyond the Fray. And that was called Sasquatch Evidence of an Enigma. Mm-hmm. And since there has been confusion, uh, I'm not doing a book plug. I'm just trying to clarify. Right. The, the new book. Plug away, yeah. We'll have you the, on. Yeah. <laughs> the the uh, Sasquatch Evidence of an Enigma 2, uh, 2022 edition is just is coming out here in a couple of weeks. That's what I was talking about. Mm-hmm. It's going to come out on, with Beyond the Fray, but they're going to do the black and white version on Amazon and the Kindle. I'm going to do my color books. They're trying to keep the cost down. My my the books that I self publish, they're the same mm-hmm. book, same content, but my books are all color. And oh yeah, I'm getting that one. Nice slick pages, mm-hmm. and I autograph all of them. You know, I'll personally mm, nice. autograph. I sell them out of my house. You know, it's twenty two bucks plus shipping, but you know, the books cost a lot more to publish. You know. Right. Black and white versions would probably be about fourteen ninety five on Amazon. Is but that the I, one that you sent to me? Uh, the one I sent to you. Did I send you the, uh, the, the evidence of an enigma two, the green one? Yes. Okay, that's the one uh, that's uh, coming out on the thirteenth of January. So when this episode comes out, that's yesterday, everybody. Just so you know. Yeah, uh, they are going to release, uh, when my book is printed and they tell me the printing's done, I'm going to send my book to Beyond the Fray, and they're going to publish a black and white version of the green book with that same cover. The, the, we got the cover. We had a problem with the covers, too much confusion with three different covers for one book. It was just, you know, just didn't work out. Anyway, so uh, the book you have, Sasquatch 2, uh, Enigma 2 is going to be uh, Enigma 2 2022 version and that's going to be sold by me they'll have a black and white version on Amazon and it will be uh, Sasquatch Evidence of an Enigma, it's going to be in my exact cover that you see mm-hmm. that you've already got, it's going to be that cover but it's going to be black and white so there'll be two different price points well I'm definitely going to go and get the uh, the colorized version okay, question for you so uh... The entirety of the beginning of this of this book that we're we're talking about now, the down the rabbit hole of strangeness. Yep. This you really stress how people need to open up their minds to the idea of Sasquatch communicating through various forms. As a as a Sasquatch researcher for the BFRO and through your own private things, have you really come across a tremendous amount of people that just can't grasp the idea that even if it's as simple as body language that animals communicate with each other or is it just exclusively the bigfoot they're like oh no no it couldn't be because literally every other great ape in the world hoots and hollers and has body language and all kinds of stuff why would the sasquatch if it was just a flesh and blood creature if let's just call it that why would it be any different (laughs) like Mm -hmm. at the basics right most of the blowback i get is from fellow researchers, fellow people, you know, Bigfoot mm-hmm. groups that are on Facebook, you know, and they call themselves researchers and experts right. and all this stuff. And I, I've left most of those groups. I just, I can't put up with the drama. I don't need mm-hmm. to go back to high school. I've been out of high school for a long time. I, just, <laughs> I don't need to go back. You know? Yeah, I feel that, right? <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but, you know, most of the blowback is because, you know, you know, I'm a gambling guy. 
And, you know, if something doesn't make sense, I'm going to go try something different, you know? And mm-hmm. so uh, I was mostly a flesh and blood only, but there was something that was always telling me, it was always, it was always nagging at me that there's something really just not right with some of this. Some right, of there's stuff more. Ex- explainable. Yeah. And so then when the one disappeared and I saw it, I went, okay, well that, okay, what am I doing? I'm wasting my time. This is stupid. If this mm-hmm. offers, doesn't necessarily answer, but it offers other possible explanations for some of the things that you see and hear or think you see and think you hear. Right. You know? And these creatures could be, you know, uh, I just read a really, another really good book, Everything You Know is Wrong by Lloyd Pye. Really, uh, if that talks about the manipulation of human DNA and the creatures that were already here on this planet, which may have been the Sasquatch, they were probably here long before we were. And we are the resulting manipulation of DNA to get us down to the hairless humans that they needed to mine gold. That's a whole other story. That's right up my but alley there. There's many, <laughs> many stories. There's a rabbit hole, baby. You know, but you know, you read, if Lloyd Pye's got like a dozen books. You, you, you ought to look into that because it, it gets into the Sumerians and the Anunnaki, and they came down to this planet and they didn't like what they saw here, but they needed the gold to plug the holes in their atmosphere. I'm going down a whole other yeah. direction here, but what I'm getting at is. Manipulation of DNA with the creatures that were here, and with the, with the DNA they brought with them from their planet, the tenth planet, uh, and it, it it goes into great detail. The Sumerians have written this all out in all these gold cylinders that are just, and you know, it talks about, but it talks in great detail about the manipulation of DNA. So we and the Sasquatch could be connected. There could be an alien. Sasquatch connection, you know. I'm starting to be the Nephilim, more, yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, and Ron Moorhead he really goes into that. That's uh, that book. What he thinks they're the Nephilim, you know. And mm-hmm. I've heard different explanations of the word Nephilim. It does not mean fallen angel or evil one. It just means fallen. It's not a negative. The demonic thing came from other sources, uh, which I don't remember where I read that. But anyway. The connection, the red-haired giants. There were giants in those days in the, in the land. In the land, mm-hmm. in those days there were giants in the land. I think that's the biblical quote. It's all in there. It's all there, but it's just been so covered up and mishmashed, and it's so confusing. And that's just the way they want it, so we don't know what's going on. But you know, if humans have been altered, or Sasquatch have been altered to come up with humans, because the Sasquatch have been here. To go with Native American lore before the white man even got on this continent, the Sasquatch were here and they were sent here to protect the land and the earth and to provide and teach us how to live on the planet. And so that's why the Native Americans and the Sasquatch are all you know, tied in uh, in the very distant past. So uh, there's just so many things that make more sense. And I think you're going to find a lot more commonality in the uh, quantum paranormal field than you will with just the dumb ape in the woods because you, you you're stuck right. you're just it's a dumb ape well and part of the, one of the things i say in the books is that do we are they actually disappearing or are they making us think they disappear or are we going into some kind of mini 
PTSD meltdown when we see something we don't understand and we just think they disappeared. Either way, it's a crazy conundrum, you know, but there's so many descriptions of them walking through trees and walking through the walls in a house and, and speaking to you. And, you know, uh, I've got a couple of friends up in Canada who are, uh, they're having intimate relations, not, not sexual, but intimate in that these creatures <laughs> are entering their bodies and manipulating their internal organs to help cure certain maladies and diseases. So think about that. Let me ask you this, this question. <laughs> you know, do you think that this, um, I don't know what, what phrase to really put this on the, the frequency manipulation, uh, thing. Do you think that has anything to do with like the shitty camera footage that we get? Cause I said this one day kind of half joking, like, Oh, I wonder if they're like the blob yeah, squatch. They're blocking yeah. the cameras <laughs> or that. somehow. Do you think that, 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 that has something mm-hmm. to do with it as well? I think so. Yeah. I think they can, you know, change their vibrational frequencies, you know, and, and I think they can affect the electronics uh, in, in our gear. Uh, it, it, you've got that second book. Did you see that nice handprint I have in there? I did. Yes. What do you think of that? That's, that is nuts. <laughs> so there goes the theory they can manipulate <laughs> because this creature walked right by the camera. And I, like I said in the book, I thought, I don't think Johnny, Johnny Sasquatch got the memo that you're not supposed to walk in front of these boxes with eyeballs on them because that's how the humans try to spy on us. But he didn't get that memo. And uh, I'm going to go ahead and take a picture of, of those pictures with my phone and send it to the chat that I have with the guys. Yeah, so I want to see what see you're it. talking about. Yeah. I'll send it. Now, that first one, that first one that has the accompanying story about the destroyed camera, that's not in my second book. I took that one out. Uh, but I replaced it with something else. But there's there's an example of you don't have to get a blurry photo, you know, uh, but it could be. I, I do believe they can alter either the electronics or they can alter your signaling in your brain from one cell to another that keeps your hands Whoa. from being steady. Holy crap. Look at this picture. Isn't that cool? Try to tell me that's a bear. <laughs> yeah. Holy oh, I've had people say, well, that's a snapping turtle. Well, that's a, that's got to be a, <laughs> that's a, a fish. beaver. That's a beaver. <laughs> yeah. It's a beaver jumping five feet in the air. I'm not going to post these pictures on Facebook for those that are listening, uh, because this is one of the main reasons why you need to go out and get his book is because of the photos that are in these books. Yeah. Um, I, so I'm not going to, I'm not going to do that to Carter. You know, he, he puts a lot of time and effort into all of this and, and you can see that his heart and soul is put into these books. And I, I want the the listeners of the infinite rabbit hole to go and and check out these books they're they're well worth it but right before we go and um talk deeper about this i want to talk about this page that's right next to your um your first picture here in your second book and i I know we said we're gonna stick to the first book today that's okay we'll go wherever you want i really want to talk about this one gentlemen i am sending you a picture right now of this jake you are very familiar with this page already these are your grab and go red circles <laughs> oh, that you see all makes over. me so aggravated <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh i fought with a guy on facebook because he took a picture of a log and he said it was a bigfoot's head coming out of a hole in the ground and i was like bro this is a, a it was a tree stump 
And we were fighting on Facebook till eventually I was like, yeah, you're probably right. And I just got off of there. I was just like, this is ridiculous. Yeah. Or they, they circle just no, nothing. And they're just like, it's got a predator cloaking thing. Yeah. It's like, uh, Carter, this is the funniest page <laughs> I think I've ever seen in books. It is it is amusing. It was insulting to to some, but I, it's just like if you have to draw sort of. And of course, I can't speak a lot because I put arrows in my book to point to you some do, of these yeah. rocks, you know. But hey, they're not the dreaded red circle. Everybody hates looking at those red circles. That's like the Karen of, <laughs> of, of Sasquatchery, you know. It's the red circles. But uh, that's funny. Yeah, yeah. it's a. But I, I that. That first photo, uh, the top, the top hand photo, that is no longer in the book, but the second one is in, uh, uh, because the chain of command was bothering me. I didn't want to have that in the the, re, the redo of the second book. I, just, I took it out. Mm -hmm. uh, but uh, so there's there's a uh, a contradiction in the theory that they can affect. So maybe they're affecting our our chemistry. Or our nerves to the where, and you know, you're going to be freaking out anyway if you see a Sasquatch. You try to pull your phone up. A lot of people have gotten voice uh, mind speak. Don't take that picture. Don't mm -hmm. pull that trigger. A lot of I have I have heard that a lot. Uh, several hunters have told me that you know, uh, a couple of them have told me they've heard, "Don't shoot me, don't shoot at me, I will kill you." Mm -hmm. To don't pull the trigger, and they were thinking that. Anyway, because they were looking at it and going, I couldn't do it. I had it in my sight. I could have shot it, but it looked just like a human. I couldn't do it. Mm -hmm. yeah. I just mm -hmm. couldn't do it. And and there you have it. You know, and what manly macho hunter wants to say he's a, a wimp and a, you know, a, losing right. his shit up in a tree. But he's telling me these stories because it's affected him. That he has to get it off his chest. He wants to know what. What's going on out there? How come nobody's telling us about this stuff? So uh, yeah, it's 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 crazy. If you know, <laughs> it's it's it is it's super super crazy. And that Sasquatch, I've been out to this guy's property with that hand picture. I've been out to his property, and he've got. It, it, he just contacted me about two weeks ago. He had three of his trail cameras destroyed. Nice. Uh, he has 36 cameras in this one little area on his property. They're set up in groups of three. They're triangulated. And mm -hmm. so each camera takes a picture of the other cameras. So if one misses something, the other one gets it. Mm -hmm. And they have, I think he's got 12 or 13 groups of threes in this area that's probably not even an acre. Very well covered. It's very elaborate. And, uh, one of the cameras had uh, the uh, chip, the SD card. It was a mini SD card in one of those adapters. It was stuck in his, in the camera. Mm -hmm. It was broken. It was like somebody had taken a pair of pliers or squeezed it real hard, and it broke the little soldered uh, connector, uh, the little gold you know, mm -hmm. yeah. strings. It broke all those. But the, the portion of the camera where it was plugged in, that was undamaged. But it tore, it literally broke straps. It just tore those straps. It didn't bite them or cut them. They were pulled apart and ripped. The plastic uh, 
that the mm-hmm. it was on the camera, the thing that held the straps on, they were broken off. The metal clip was just ripped off. And this camera, and I've sent it to two labs, and one of the labs still has it, and they can't find it's like it doesn't it doesn't register. And it was put back in the camera because that slot, the internal workings of that camera were not damaged. But something opened that, took one of those. This is from the lab guys that are telling me this is the only way this could have happened because the camera's not damaged at this point where it slides into the slot. That that camera chip card was squeezed and bitten and then put back in the camera. Jeez. It's like... And this guy didn't make stuff up. He, he sent me a dozen pictures of the cameras. And he showed me they're all just torn up, torn to crap. You know, they're just like, oh my god. Now a bear is an obvious choice. This is you know, this is mm-hmm. in southwestern Texas, uh, but uh, they don't open and close and take out a computer card. They just don't do that. Right. Just, just you know. And so the only way that I can get if there is a picture or two on there. Uh, the only thing I can do is spend five hundred to a thousand dollars to send it to some of these big labs, and they rebuild the computer chips. They rebuild the SD cards, mm-hmm. and they get all the data off of it. I, I don't have the money to do that. I don't know if he does either, but that, that's where <laughs> I'm at with it. So my whole point sure is, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But my whole point is that this was manipulated. Now, if it was a human, why wouldn't you just take the camera? What are you trying to tear them up and? And then to leave the evidence behind with your fingerprints. Why would you just take the camera if there's something on there you didn't want? You know. Mm-hmm. So it was just a weird event. And uh, there's more to that story. And there's a you know, forestry uh, forestry guy down there that believes that they are interdimensional type beings, and he knows a cave where he thinks they uh, work there. He is a forestry service worker who said, "You don't tell anybody. I told you this out tonight, but you know." I'll take mm-hmm. you to a couple of caves. And so I've been invited and I just hadn't, I haven't talked to him yet to, to get it all put together, but weird stuff like that, you know, are they smart enough to open and close a camera after ripping it off a tree? And this was in a gifting area. When I was down at his property, I made a gifting area there. I had a bag of navel oranges hanging from a tree. I went to Dollar Tree and got some children's toys and some beads and trinkets. Mm-hmm. and this happened at that tree. And like the other two cameras that were broken, the chips had stuff on them, but the, they had some blank frames too. And they had a couple of deer and some other, you know, just game. Mm-hmm. Uh, but this third camera, uh, something took that chip out and put it back in. Crazy weird. Jeez. Can't tell you what it is. Go ahead. Oh, so, sorry. So just, just for my own interest, so I have no issue with the idea of the woo-woo side of Sasquatch, right? Mm-hmm. But when it comes to the, however it goes about, you know, proving to science that something actually exists, in my mind, it would be a lot easier to prove that it is a creature you know, government grants, whatever, to actually find it, to prove that it does in fact exist. However, whatever process that takes to prove it's an actual creature before digging into the woo side, because once something's proven, say like bats, if you want to say, we know what bats are, if you want to say that bats, you know, are from outer space, no one's going to 
say, well, bats don't exist because they do exist. And then you can say whatever you want to about them and then dig into every single, you know, other aspect of what bats may be when it comes to the possible existence of a Sasquatch. And I say that not for myself, I totally believe they exist, but when it comes to actually proving that, do you feel that digging into the woo woo side or the paranormal side or whatever the the you know what people would consider sci-fi side of this to be a distractor that would cause people to not really want to put their time and energy into discovering bigfoot or going back to what you said earlier because of the money that's involved and the businesses that are involved do you think that it just doesn't matter no one's actually going to you know say like the top researchers in the country aren't going to actually go full swing into finding Bigfoot because of how much money would be lost. Yeah. I think they're trying to protect uh, jobs mm -hmm. and money and science's excuse is, well, we don't have a body until we have a body. Right. Yeah. Speculation. So we need a body on a slab. Well, I, you know, I can assure you they have bodies on a slab. They've right. got some in captivity, uh, according to people that supposedly know they don't last very long in captivity because they are not meant to be captive. You know, they, mm -hmm. they, they run their own world. So, uh, but they don't want that to be discovered. So, well, we need a body. And maybe they know that it's going to be virtually impossible to get a body because, number one, I think they bury their dead. Right. And they may, in rare instances, even cannibalize them in some type of ceremonies that's been intimated no one's ever seen it but you know it explains why there's no bodies but sure it, many burials have been described and you know they're they're lifting up boulders that are weighed like a car does two three thousand pounds and they dig a hole and put them in and then they put this rock that'll never be moved for eons and go about your business so they, they bury their dead so we're not going to find a body so uh they won't examine the woo because they say that can't exist until we have a body. And I think mm -hmm. maybe that's kind of the stall tactic because there's been enough stuff done by us grunts, you know, and I'm mm -hmm. a grunt and other grunts that are, you know, smarter than I am, uh, have done the work. And, you know, and this is a cliche, but the evidence we have for their existence, uh, if this was evidence to convict somebody of a crime in a court, it would convict them of a crime. The evidence we have that exists, circumstantial, philosophical, whatever, with everything but a body, if you had that type of evidence against someone accused of a crime, they'd be, but not in the court of science. Science is not our friend. You know, you want to know how gerbils mate or, you know, <laughs> you know, the 18 different versions of sunflower seeds, well, look up your science. They'll tell you all about it. <laughs> you know, they are not our friend. And so the last thing they want that to come to the last thing they want is for that to come to light because there's too much other things going on. But you, we have all been talking about the paranormal, the communication, right? Talking, accounting, blah, blah, blah. Uh, that would put them on a level with us. We might, we might be actually a level or two below them, you know. I like that, that it's enough evidence to convict you of a crime. I mean, and you're right. Every single time they find a hair that they can't, they're like, well, it has some primate DNA or it has some human DNA, and it's 
inconclusive and then they're like wipe their hands with it be like well that's that there's your you know there's yeah. your proof and then they throw it in the trash or something i don't know they never go further than that well they don't but other researchers have come up with this and uh, and mel kitchum uh i'm not sure about her her findings uh but some of her stuff has been put in peer-reviewed uh you know documents mm-hmm. and i've heard a lot it, of bad talk about her yeah there's it's, it, it you either like her or you don't. I'm really on the fence because, you know, she won't talk to me anymore because I'm a member of BFRO. Right. And BFRO is told, it tells everybody to listen that she's, you know, a crackpot and she doesn't know what she's talking about. So r- real quick, Carter, before you get started, I just want to bring the, the Travelers of Infinite Rabbit Hole up on on Melba Ketchum, right? She is the initiator of what's called the Genome Project, correct? Yes, so basically what they were trying to do is they were trying to gather DNA evidence from around the country or Canada here in the northern North America mm-hmm. and basically map the genome of a Sasquatch and prove their existence that way. Mm-hmm. Um and when she came out with her her quote unquote peer reviewed or, or, or her article that uh she was trying to get peer reviewed uh a lot of a lot of "Quote unquote scientists, right? Because trust the science uh, failed, it. <laughs> and it, it. But the the but the thing that people need to understand when you're listening to uh, the Sasquatch thing, and uh, you know Carter, I'm, I'm sure you're a great guy. You seem like a really awesome guy. But the but the the world of Sasquatch research is cutthroat, and if you're not in the same camp as somebody else they will be very, very quick to cut you down. Oh yeah. Uh in a lot of in a lot of circumstances. And you know, it, it's hard because Melba, she may have done a really good job, mm-hmm. but because science says it's bad, and then all these other people who aren't doing the research that she's doing says, oh, it's bad. It's terrible stuff because they didn't do it. Mm-hmm. You, the listeners, I just want you guys to understand that she approached it in a very scientific way. Um, yep. I, it's very, very difficult to say whether or not um, <clears throat> she did really, really good research because I personally have never seen the report. Um, I know some people have. Some people say it's horrible and some people say it, it's good. It depends on what camp you're from. And it, it's the same thing when it goes to the flesh and blood camp to the Wu camp. And it's, you know, I, I wish there was more camaraderie and people kind of being like, you know what, that's a really great point. Because really, when it comes down to a, a, a creature like Sasquatch, and I kind of took a left turn here, but when it comes down to a creature like Sasquatch, which has not been officially proven on the books that it does exist, right? I've seen a Bigfoot. I know that they exist, right? And mm-hmm. I mean, you can you can tell me Mothman exists, but I've never seen one. So I, you know, it's fun and let, let's talk about it. I love to to learn about it, but I know Bigfoot exists. I can guarantee you that one day it's going to come out that Bigfoot yeah. exist or existed at the time that I was nine years old. Mm-hmm. But I, what I saw, I didn't have any strangeness. I didn't have any quantum experiences with it. Right. And somebody who's in the flesh and blood camp will be like, that's why it's not, fl- that's why there's no quantum aspects to it. Mm-hmm. But somebody in the, in the, the quantum camp or the woo camp will say, well, I, I seen it disappear right into a cloud of smoke. And the the other guy, they're just it's just extremely cutthroat. But the the real thing is, is that we need researchers in both camps, and we yeah. need researchers that cover 
that cover both camps. We need three different camps. We need flesh and blood, woo, and then the people that that look into everything and make sure everyone's crossing their T's and dotting their I's, and we all need to work together. And the thing with Melba Ketchum is that, she, like I said, she did a really good scientific uh, study, or she at least went at it very scientifically. Mm-hmm. It's to say whether or not it was done correctly. But those that are listening and you immediately either turned off by the name Melba Ketchum, uh, don't turn it off because, you know, nobody knows. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Nobody has yet come forward and proven the existence to the world that Bigfoot exists. Mm -hmm. So until that that has happened and we have all our T's crossed and our I's dotted, just play along. We're all out here together trying to solve this big old puzzle. All right. I'm sorry, Carter. Oh, I no, you're fine. That out there. no, no, I agree. Uh, it, it's cutthroat. It's nasty. And uh, everybody wants to be the one. Mm-hmm. Well, there's only going to be one, the one, or <laughs> a, a group, you know, if, if you right. find the body or get the answer, you know. And so it, it's hateful. Now, she may have done a good job, but she, she cut off her access to me. Because I was a member of BFRO. She didn't want to talk to me. You're in the BFRO. And, and I understand why. Because BFRO sanitizes their data. You know. Uh, hold on. Can we put this in here? Do, do you want us to keep this? What? The the sanitizing data stuff. Oh, yeah, yeah. They, they, they've sanitized reports. You know, I mean, they've done it to my reports. Okay. You know, it's, 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 it's not a secret. It's okay. terrible. But, you know... The DNA study, uh, she may have come up with the same results, uh, but there's other private guys, private people that have sent their stuff off, and they are working on it as we speak. But traditional results, uh, when you eliminate bear, cow, uh, any other human contamination of of the DNA, it comes up 50% human female, 50% unknown primate. Mm-hmm. That's where it stopped. That's what we got. You can't compare it to a type specimen because, according to science and the government, we don't have a type specimen. So unknown primate, maybe there's a little monkey slash gerbil running around that you know mated with a human female. I mean, tens of thousands of years ago, who knows what was around. So, but that's what they have come up with in some peer review uh, journals will agree to that, that that's what we come up with, but without a type specimen, we can't say what it is. So it doesn't exist. We can't say it's a gorilla and and human female hybrid. Uh, We can't tell if the DNA has been manipulated. By a third party, which is where the uh, aliens come in, ETs. Uh, mm-hmm. So you don't know. But, you know, she may have done some really great work, but she got chewed up and spit out. You know, she's a veterinarian, so she's not a scientist. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's her, you know, degree. I mean, she may have other degrees, but, you know, that's one thing they used to poo poo her. But when you come out with stuff, this is what the Bigfoot community does to you. They chew you up and spit you out. Yeah. You know, there's factions. It's hateful. It's nasty. You know, uh, and it is ridiculous, you know, and I've, I've caught some grief because of my books, but I don't care. You know, I know what I've seen. I know what the people have seen. So, I mean, I don't care what you think. I mean, I'm glad you have an opinion. 
But if you're going to be hateful and nasty about it just because you don't believe in it rather than having an intelligent conversation, yeah, then I don't care what you think because you're not approaching this with the end goal in mind that we all have. We're all trying to get to the same finish line. The thing is, is that if, you know, if you're, if this thing ends up being flesh and blood, then the, the, the standard ways that we're going out there looking for this thing might be good enough, right? We might have to kind of evolve it a little bit to mm-hmm. maybe go out there and think that we're actually looking for a person that doesn't want to be found. But the thing is, is that what if this thing is the woo or is, is quantum, right? Mm-hmm. We need to change how we're looking for it because, yeah. uh, you know, I thought this was where Jake was going with his question before about, you know, the woo and everything. And, you know, I thought he was going to go as like, well, what's the purpose of looking uh, for a quantum Bigfoot um, before we even have one to prove that it exists? Well, in, in my opinion, and again, Jake, I'm sorry. I thought that, I thought that's where you were going. How dare you? (laughs) But it was just, it was just, is it, is it distracting from right. people actually wanting to be involved in it because they're right. like, oh, well. But the reason why we need both camps is because, well, the people who study the woo and they study the quantum side of Bigfoot, you know, the the, the Carter Bushards and the Ron Moorheads, and I'm, I'm sure there's a ton more. Um, I actually have awesome books called, uh, called Where the Footprints End, very, very good yeah um that 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 cover this stuff as well uh is because we need experts in that realm because if this ends up being something that's woo Mm -hmm. our normal way of trying to look for an animal like if we're going out and trying to find deer to hunt isn't going to work we need to look at it from a different angle Mm -hmm. and if we look at it through from two different angles we're going to be able to see a hell of a lot more now it doesn't matter what side of the the fence you're on yeah or or don't be on the side of you can sit on the fence i don't care that's Mm -hmm. where i'm at you know i i i know flesh and blood things exist i'm looking at my cat right now he's flesh and blood but i am very interested in the woo and i'm not going to dismiss it Mm -hmm. because what if it is the woo Mm -hmm. i need to be open to that so that when it comes time for me to finally retire from the navy and go out there and start looking for this bigfoot i have the tools i need Mm -hmm. Thank you for joining us on part one of our interview with the author of Sasquatch, Down the Rabbit Hole of Strangeness. Please join us next week as we continue our exciting interview and dive into the woo side of Bigfoot. I'm telling you, you're not going to want to miss any of it. Alrighty then, we'll see you next week. Bye. Thank you.